Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Hustle Podcast, where you can get a lifetime upgrade to stop pursuing happiness and start letting joy pursue you. That's right. It's your turn to be pursued by pure joy. This is your host, Pamela Ramos-Brown of Be Wealthy with Pamela, LLC, celebrating 20 years as an experienced management consultant and personal coach. Are you in the mid-sized business race, a woman entrepreneur, solopreneur, or a professional who believes you can always do better for yourself and others? We're there with you, so you won't have to go alone. In every episode of the Holistic Wealth Hustle, we help decode the secrets of all elements of true wealth, not just financial, but also inclusive of life, love, and work. We exchange practical strategies, share inspiring stories, and offer actionable insights to help unlock our authority for the joyful life beyond what we envision. Let's go together from tolerating the ordinary to enjoying the supernatural. This episode is about management and the law. Referring once again to Dr. Tony Evans, this time from his book called Kingdom Singles, the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast is sharing thoughts that he provoked about management do's and don'ts. He gave some great examples of conflicting and competing laws and how both rule with strong, undying authority. Before we get to the more complex laws, he shared examples of laws that we can more easily relate to. For example, the law of gravity versus the law of aerodynamics. To somewhat paraphrase, gravity manages to keep things grounded, while aerodynamics manages to propel things up and forward. In this case, you see the necessity for aerodynamics to get the job done like getting planes into the air despite gravity. Aerodynamics does not eliminate gravity, but it proceeds successfully even though gravity still exists and is simultaneously effective in its sphere of influence as well. In other words, there was absolutely no need to focus on eliminating gravity versus investing in aerodynamics to let the planes get us to where we want to go. The same applies to whether our management approach should be focused on eliminating bad employee or self-behavior or investing in uplifting employees and ourselves to become their and our highest selves for taking our businesses where we want them to go. By now, most of us should know that doing more for others brings exponential benefits to ourselves and others. Now, Reverend Evans reminds us that sin is in all of us, including the managers, owners, shareholders, employees, and anyone that breathes. In his Kingdom Single book, he described how one of the laws governed sin and the other law governed the spirit. We are also reminded that the law of sin, which is a set of rules for bad behaviors, is not going to be eradicated anytime soon. When Jesus came, his purpose was to save us from sin. Even he did not eradicate sin. So let us stay realistic about our own management abilities. In this episode, 
we're sharing five positive examples of how you can lead by walking in the victory of the spirit over the battle of managing bad behavior in life, love, and the workplace. So one of the ways to manage right for good includes breaking all the rules. That's the name of one of my favorite movies, which stars Gabrielle Union, Jamie Foxx, Morris Chestnut, and Jennifer Esposito and Peter McNichol. Now, I probably pronounced some of these names uh, a bit incorrectly, but um, please forgive me. Charge it to the head and not the heart, as they say. <laughs> In breaking all the rules, of course, you know, if it started, Jamie Foxx, you know, it had to be fun, but it was also enlightening. We learned quite a few things about two incidences that his character was involved in. His character had two different life events going on pretty much at the same time. In one case, he was getting dumped, as they say, by his fiance. And in the other case, he had to dump the employees. In both cases, of course, he didn't ask for it. The uh, manager that uh, where he worked uh, did what he called, uh, you know, delegated <laughs> the task of firing employees to J.B. Fox's character. And so the HR person did not want to fire all of these people himself because he was afraid that somebody would do one of those things where the employees go ballistic and then they, you know, take it out on the um, HR people and come back and, you know, have some very destructive behavior. So he, you know, kind of pushed this on to Jamie Foxx's character and made him do it. And um, then in the second situation, his uh, fiance decided to dump him on the very night where they had planned to make the announcement to everybody. They had invited people over and all of that stuff. And she waited until then to decide to let him know that, you know, it wasn't going to happen. He was just devastated by everything. So he decided to turn both of these experiences into something positive. And so he felt that the way that the manager handled the situation certainly was not good. He felt like the way that his uh, fiance handled it was not good. And he felt like both of them could have done better. <laughs> and so he decided to turn it into something good. So he started writing and pretty much he was kind of writing the letter to the uh, fiance, but he did it. Um, in a business language because he was doing all of this research about how to fire people because that really wasn't his role at the company. So he was using all this business language to uh, write this letter. Uh, and he had so many pages of paper from where he was trying to get his thoughts down to tell her a piece of his mind that it became so many pages that uh, a friend of his, which the character was played by Morris Chestnut, came and said, man, what is going on? And uh, he said, well, you have something here. Let's turn this into a book. Now, it was much funnier than that. The way that they drew it out, it was much more dramatic. So you have to see the movie if you want to get the full effect. And I guarantee you that you'll probably really, really, really enjoy it. So they decided to turn it into a manual of how to break up, you know. <laughs> 
using techniques and professionalism and how to not, you know, suffer the consequences of breaking up with your employees and, you know, and with your loved ones and things like that. So it was, it was pretty interesting. And uh, matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody has taken that and made it into a real book today uh, because it's very relevant. And, uh, but as you can imagine that it was very positive. And so he could have, again, you know, try to focus on, you know, how to manage the bad behavior, but instead he decided to, you know, take the high road and how to do it, uh, in a positive way, kind of, sort of. And, uh, so, um, if, when you see it, you'll, you'll see that it was, he had a, he had a few flaws in his thinking as well, but in the end, it it turned out to be very entertaining and enlightening. So that's one that you could look at and get some great examples of the do's and don'ts of uh, managing for good behavior. And then there was another uh, movie that I also liked, and this movie starred Russell Crowe. And this movie was about Noah and his ark. And in this, it was one scene that I never forgot. And it was just so eye-opening to me because this was when Noah, who's played again by Russell Crowe, was about to, you know, board the ark. They were trying to pull off. And, you know, his kids left off the boat. Oh, I got to do one more thing. And you know how kids do that. I was right when you're ready to go on vacation or where, whether you have something important to do or somewhere uh, important to go or something to do. Here they go with their stuff, holding up you know, things running off and just messing up things for you sometimes. (laughs) So little bad kids uh, about to mess up these saving of the world. You know, they were about to mess up uh, Noah's ark from getting into the water on time and being ready for the flood, you know, to come and uh, wipe out the earth and uh, about to mess up Noah's opportunity to save the new civilization. So, of course, he had to go after them. This was his last chance to get them on there. Or he could have just, you know, did, uh, you know, he could have just left them like home alone, like uh, on that movie, the home alone picture where the people went on vacation and forgot all about their kids <laughs> until, until they got where they were going. They were like, oh, somebody's missing. <laughs> they could have done that. But in this case, he he realized that somebody wasn't on the boat. And so he went on and uh, looked for them. And where he found them, he where he went to look for them, it was all of these people, of course, who were about to be left behind. And they were going crazy. They were fighting each other over food and different things like that. And uh, I mean, they really kind of looked like Wall Street almost. Like, you know how when you see the people fighting with the pieces of paper trying to get to the front. Well, in this particular case, they were holding up in some cases, look like uh, turkey legs and fighting over who's going to get it and all kinds of things. And so um, not all of them, but, you know, that was just one example. But um, the people were pretty much, in, it was chaos, total chaos. And that's what he was looking for, his kids. He was looking for them there. And to his surprise, he saw somebody that shocked him in the crowd where he was looking for his family members. And the person that shocked him that he saw in the crowd, you would never believe it. He saw himself. 
And he was like just shocked, but it, it made him realize something that sin is in all of us and that he was one of those people, you know, they were out there, you know, fighting and, you know, just going crazy and, and in chaos. And so he realized that he, even though God had chosen him for this special mission, that that did not make him immune from sin. And of course, it didn't make his uh, family members immune from it either. And so um, that was one of the things that, you know, really just uh, resonated with me is that no matter what God calls us to do, sin remains with us and we still have to do what God calls us to do and not worry about trying to eradicate sin from ourselves and just keep on walking, you know, in our mission. Another one is from a book that someone shared with me. One of my good friends in business shared this book with me called How Full Is Your Bucket? This book was by Tom Rath and Donald Clifton. And it talked about how these um, people were subjected to um, imprisonment when they were prisoners of war. And their captors held them and, uh, you know, tried to get information out of them and tried to force them to um, speak up. And so they did this by torturing them in different ways. They were very consistent. They were very intense. And most of the time they were fatal with this uh, systematic torturing process. And sometimes they didn't even know they were being tortured. For instance, they would allow them to get letters from their loved ones. But the only letters that they would let come through would be the letters when somebody died in the family or, you know, something that had something sad in it. They would never let them get any letters that showed them love, talked about anything positive and things like that. And so they did this purposely because they wanted to keep the people oppressed and give them incentive to tell on other prisoners and confess you know, information about the United States uh, Army and, you know, military. And so that was their way of trying to, you know, force these prisoners to uh, get with the program, in other words. And the the um, torture was so brutal. And, and most of the time they never did anything physical to them. You know, they did not. This was not about waterboarding. This was not about beating. You know, they didn't cut them. They didn't, they didn't shoot them. They didn't maim them. They didn't do things like that. They just mentally and emotionally tortured them. And most of the time, how it ended up being fatal is not that the people went and cut their wrists or hung themselves or anything like that. They literally, in some cases, just pulled their uh, sheets or their uh, clothes over their head and just sat in the corner and just passed. That's generally, literally how, uh, you know, fatal this uh, and and devastating this torture was. I didn't even realize that, you know, we even had the ability to, you know, um, end ourselves in that way, but it is possible. And so this is an example of absolutely the absolute wrong way 
to try to, you know, manage people and try to, you know, get people to do what you want them to do. And that, in essence, that's exactly what they were. That was their, you know, intentions of trying to get these people to do what they wanted them to do. And in some cases, it did work. However, in the end, you know, there is going to be an end uh, that it's not going to pay out for those people well. And so the reason why the book is called How Foolish Your Bucket is because uh, a different approach could be that you could deposit positive things into people's buckets and fill people's buckets up by making constant and consistent deposits of positivity uh, into people's what they call emotional and mental bank accounts. And so this is one way when you do these types of things that you can motivate people, you can build them up. And in exchange, these types of employees can give you useful information. They can give you their devotion. They give you great business ideas, their creativity, and just contribute to your business and help your business get to where you want it to go. Just like we talked about with the airplane and the aerodynamics, overcoming gravity. And so same thing here. You can uplift your employees and and, and pretty much almost use a, practically a concept of aerodynamics by depositing things into their mental and emotional, spiritual buckets and help, helping to lift them up. So another great example, again, is from a uh, one of my other favorite comedians, and this is Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, uh, of course, you know, anything that he does or says a lot of times is, uh, you know, pretty humorous, but he does give us some really golden nuggets about, you know, positive, you know, about educational and intellectual things to consider. And so um, he talked about, you know, his role as a father and how much he loves his children and, you know, how he'll do anything for his kids to, you know, make sure that they grow up the right way. And so he takes uh, parenting very seriously. Uh, But jokingly and somewhat not jokingly, he said that one of his major responsibilities as a father is keeping his daughters off the pole. (laughs) And most of us know (laughs) <laughs> what the poll is. <laughs> so he could have focused on, you know, uh, you know, talking about the poll to his daughter and all that kind of stuff. But um, one of the things that they decided to do, his wife, uh, who is uh, unfortunately his ex-wife now, her name is Malik, Malik uh, Compton Rock. And I probably said her no- name wrong too, but please forgive me. But one of the things that she does was very positive on the flip side of things is that she has a foundation and one of the uh, projects that she does is called Angel Rock Project. Then she also has another program called Journey for Change. And this is where they teach kids to care for others. She takes them to like South Africa, let, let them see that there are people who are less fortunate than we are. And no matter how bad our circumstances are, you can look somewhere and find somebody that's less fortunate than you and that you can be of assistance to them and be of value to somebody somewhere. And so even when people are less fortunate than you, I mean, you can still be of value to people that 
have, um, you know, higher um, st uh, status in life. You know, it doesn't always take somebody who reached a certain dollar amount or a certain position to be um, successful. Somebody, uh, you know, they took Joseph out of prison to go and, um, you know, help um, the leader of at that time to um, bring him, you know, um, some some knowledge and wisdom and interpret his dreams. So uh, there are so many different things that that, that we can do. Uh, everybody has value, no matter what your status is in life. And then uh, one of my other uh, is uh, Dr. Gundry. And you probably heard me talk about him quite a few times. That's one of my favorite doctors. And so he talks about how we can, you know, try to live a uh, plant-based life that's focused on, you know, low lectin, uh, lectin-free um, living. And so, and that's the difference between his plant base and some of the other plant bases. He, he combines it with the, um, you know, eliminating the lectins. And so he talks about that one of the most important things is what you don't eat versus, you know, what you do eat. And so, because a lot of us is like, well, what do I need to eat to, you know, be healthy? And so what he really talks about is what you don't eat. And so I was trying my best to figure out how to do this. And I got the no list and I got the Gundry yes list. And so I was looking at the no list and trying to make sure I, you know, avoided those things. And uh, so I eventually just became distracting, trying to, you know, every time I look at something on the no list, it was everything that I love. And I was like, oh, Lord, how much, so how, you know, I would get distracted and be mad about you know, why is this on the no list? And so what I had to do is just put the no list down and then just pick up the yes list and take that with me to the grocery store. That way I was actually to focus on the yes list. I was actually to focus on the right side of the paper. So, and you know, like uh, you could take a sheet of paper, divide it down the middle. You can put some things on the left side, some things on the right side. In this case, you can put you know, the uh, law of gravity on the left side, aerodynamics on the right side. So that's your choice. If you're going to focus on gravity, you're going to focus on aerodynamics. You can also, in this case, put the no list on one side. So you can put the yes list on the right side. And so what I decided to do is to put the focus on the right side, which is the yes list. And that's what I take with me to the grocery store. And I just focus on that. And so that is the same thing as, you know, putting sin on one side, you know, putting walking in the spirit on the right side. So focus on that right side, which is walking in the spirit. So now when I go to the store, I have my yes list. I'm focusing on walking in the spirit. I'm focusing on the right side. And now I have a better chance of getting the things that I need and that I really want that's going to help me when I do you know, go to the grocery store, walk in the spirit and work on my better behavior, my good behavior of uh, eating right and doing right and taking care of the temple and success. And so this is what I encourage you to do. Focus on the right side. If you want to manage right for good behavior, 
then just focus on walking in the spirit. Focus on the right side of the paper. And that is what we have for you today. Thank you for continuing to be a part of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast by Be Wealthy with Pamela LLC. Each episode is designed to please. Be sure to take swift action on what you have learned today and update your weekly wealth planner or your holistic plan workbook to receive your rewards or joyfulness. Feel free to leave your comments below or by contacting us at www.bewealthywithpamela.com. That's B-E, wealthy, with P-A-M-E-L-A. Com. Please subscribe, share, stay tuned, and let joy pursue you.